welcome to the sound of the start of the end of the EFL season. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. We are sponsored by Betfair. We are pretty excited because this weekend we have the final day of one of these three magnificent leagues. It's the final day of the League One season. I can't remember, and I do exaggerate these things, but I can't remember a final day, George, with quite so much riding on it. None of the automatic promotion places are confirmed. Playoff spots, certainly up for grabs. And technically, three relegation spots as well, albeit Doncaster um, just have to breathe and they'll be relegated. <laughs> uh, it is it is some slate in the third tier of English football this Saturday. Yeah, League One is, is unbelievable this weekend. And if you want to know just how good, uh, check out Sky Sports Football at about 10.15 tomorrow night after the, the championship game because we're going to be running through all the permutations, what happened in midweek. Um, but it's pretty rare that you go into a final day um, with just one relegation confirmed when four go down with no teams confirmed mathematically of winning promotion and still um, four teams trying to battle for three positions in the uh, in the playoffs. It is going to be incredible. And what I can't really believe, you're in at Quest. That's going to be a long day, isn't it? Like, the you go in, you have the mayhem that is going to be the League One final day. You're going to have about half an hour to draw breath and then you're going to have and the rest of it unfolding in the afternoon. It's going to be one of the great days. We're looking forward to it. This podcast, remember, talks about our betting picks ahead of the weekend. It's about gambling, which comes with significant risks. Therefore, it is very strictly for over 18s only to listen to. And if you are thinking of placing a bet this weekend, please make sure you are gamble aware. BeGambleAware.org. It's never a bad idea to head there uh, and brush up on the risks that come with gambling. Never bet more than you can afford to lose. Uh, last week, we both had a, a poor week, it's fair to say. We both only got one pick right. Mine was my nap. Exeter doing the business for me at home at 1.7 for the second weekend in a row. Uh, you laid Wigan against Plymouth, and that was the correct answer. Uh, but everything else was poor. You were hardly done by, perhaps, with your... Again. <laughs> Again. What do you mean, perhaps? Well, it feels like you're always, you've always got something to cry about. And normally I'd say, well, the good thing is... You keep knocking at the door. Variance means it will go your way. But we've only got like a couple of weeks left of the season, mate. This is what you talk about. It, there's no reason why it should even itself out over the course of the Correct. season. Yeah, that is definitely true. Um, I would like El Arbitro Hugh, uh, Hugh Davis to please go back through all of my selections and work out the, the swing of injury time goals for and against uh, and just general bad luck but i mean i'm a broken record here i say this all the time okay well let's get straight into it then and put last week behind us with apologies for the poor selections um the only good thing about final day being across two weekends this year is it means i can do my whole final day betting show routine twice uh, it was a huge high point of, of last season's betting show uh, those who, who, who listened last season might remember the concept i'm, I'm focusing uh, on or speculating, I guess, on three different markets, the over 4.5 goals market, the minus two handicap market and the to score a hat trick market. Uh, last year, it made for an exciting and pretty lucrative end of the season. Uh, obviously, each week on this show, we stake six points per week, two points for nap, one point for next best uh, lay goals and goal scorers one point each. Uh, today, I'm still going to stake six points, but uh, I'm going slightly off-piste with how I'm going to do that. So it's not how I suggest you approach most weeks. This is just my own personal crusade against final day. So humour me this week. Uh, I'm happy to go swinging for the fences 
uh, with the last two weeks of the season. But make sure you're being sensible with your staking and never betting more than you can afford to lose. I'll run you through it after George's nap. What's your best bet of the weekend? Uh, best bet is choosing between two. I'm going to go for Blackpool uh, to win at home to Derby at 17 to 20. Few reasons for this. Uh, I think, firstly, um, Wayne Rooney's attitude towards the end of the season isn't being factored enough into their price at, at this stage. You know, he came out very early last week and said and kind of announced his team and announced he was going to be playing a lot of young players. Uh, and Bristol City still went off um, what bigger than two to one um, on Saturday to beat them, which they did pretty comfortably three one. And um, there were no surprises when the team came out. Uh, we had. Uh, on the left-hand side, on the left wing, we had Louis Watson up front. We had Bartosz Chabulski. Um, we had a, a youngster in in uh, Darren Robinson, I think his name is, coming off the bench. Um, you know, there's no embarrassment to say that I know very little about these players, and I'm, and I'm meant to know a fair bit about the EFL. Um, these are young youngsters who Wayne Rooney is trying to have a look at ahead of next season in League One. Um, laudable, certainly, but totally understandable that we'd see a big drop off in terms of of performance. Um, Chabulski missed a, a very easy chance about six yards out, uh, which would have frustrated Derby fans. It could have been different otherwise, and I probably reckon that if it was uh, someone else who, who had that chance, Ravel Morrison, Colin Cousin Richards, probably even Luke Plange, um, it would have been a goal. But it wasn't because it was a young player who, realistically, as promising as he might be, might not really be up to it. And there's a reason why we've seen so many Derby players come through uh, from the youth system, whether it's Plange, uh, Ebiove. Sibley, Knight, um, you know, these are the guys who were ready. And I'm sure these, you know, the, the ones who are playing now are, are developing and could get there. But um, there's a reason why they're only playing games after relegation has been confirmed. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why Rooney would change off the back of that one defeat. And they're up against a Blackpool side who are absolutely reveling in their um, role of being on the beach. They're playing incredibly well at the moment. Uh, their run of form has been has been very good. And I think we're starting to see a bit of a pattern when it comes to um, Neil Critchley, where his team seemed to improve as the season goes on. Um, they had a bit of a wobble uh, a few weeks ago where they lost 4-1 at home to, to Forest and got beaten in the big derby against Preston. But the performances were still OK during that run as well, uh, even in the loss at West Brom. And then the 6-1 the win, over Birmingham and the women at Barnsley and then a decent one-all draw uh, rewarded those who kind of kept the faith with Blackpool and looked at the underlying numbers and saw the performances were still good. They're 17 to 20 to win here. I completely refute the idea that there's going to be any lack of motivation for them because they can't finish anywhere. I can guarantee you that given their two points above their arch rivals, Preston finishing above them, uh, which the club haven't done for, for a fair few Seasons is going to be a massive source of motivation for the fans. And I'm sure that that will trickle down into the players and Critchley himself, but more likely for the players and the playing staff, it's going to be getting that top, that top half finish, which they're so close to. And, you know, they might be 15th now, but with just a couple of points between them and 12th spot, a win here will put them firmly in the mix for a top half finish. And that would change a lot of things. You know, I think for Critchley to be able to put that on his CV would be a big deal for the players. It would be a big deal. And probably as they look forward to next season to recruit to improve again, it would be quite a big deal that there's a big gap between finishing 15th and, and, and 11th or 12th. I basically just don't think there'll be any any complacency. We haven't seen any reason for complacency so far in their performances. And I think that'll continue. Um a team who who are at their best, you know, they're, they're a mid-table side who seems to be playing some of their best football at the moment, up against a Derby side who are seemingly using this as an opportunity to blood youngsters, almost like a trialist game. So um, having seen off a Barnsley side in, in a similar predicament at the moment, um, who I'm going to talk about shortly, spoiler alert, um, I, I don't see any reason why why I wouldn't be, you know, why why 
just about just odds on um, about them it isn't 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 value they should win this fairly comfortably. Don't forget the Betfair have no cash out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. It's applicable to singles and multiples. No cash out suspensions on match odds bets for all football league games. Um, right, okay. So let me start with some over four point five goal action. <laughs> End of the season for me, or final day of the season, means means goals, means fun in the sun. Last year, I looked into how often matches go goal crazy, which in punting terms I define as over 4.5 goals on final day. I looked at all final days in all three leagues since 16-17. I'm not going to talk through the exact numbers per division, but at no time in this five-year period has there been a final day in an EFL division without a single game going over 4.5 goals. On six of the last 13 final days, so just under half, there's been three or more games uh, in the league going, uh, in each league going over 4.5 goals. The overall number over five years is 28 games on final day going over 4.5 in 156 matches. That's 18% of games, which applied to a 12 match game week is just over two games. So clearly, I think it's likely there'll be two or more over 4.5 goals per division and now the job is to to pick them on from that to try and benefit at generally longer prices for for the potential for minus two handicaps to be covered and at even longer prices for hat-tricks to be scored. Uh, in terms of, of themes and trends for which type of match goes goal crazy, more than half the time it involves what we call mid-table fun or MTF. This is where two teams with nothing to play for uh, just decide to play a guilt-free, pressure-free football match for once in their professional lives because no one cares, no one will remember it and the fans just want to be entertained. Uh, then there's also, at the other end of the spectrum, the uh, STC, Strive, then Collapse. This is when a team is is striving to achieve something potentially unlikely like survival or automatic promotion. And then when they realise it isn't going to happen, they lose everything they're striving for and they collapse and concede loads of goals. There's also strive and keep going. This is when a team need to win, maybe rack up some goals. They go ahead and it helps when they're playing a, key, a team that don't care. And they're in the mid-table section and they go, yeah, yeah, crack on, don't mind us. And so that said team keeps scoring. Uh, you might remember last season, Bolton, for example, they needed to beat Crawley. Bit of pressure on them. And they went one and up very early. They won 4-1. That's a good example of the strive then keep going. Now, last season, uh, I picked seven over 4.5 goals picks across the three leagues. Uh, I had two winners. They were Blackburn Birmingham, which was 5-2. That was at 7.5. And then Crew and Shrewsbury was 3-2. Uh, that was at 7-1. So I had a, a two good winners there. The other five all lost, but it meant that across the over 4.5 picks, seven points staked, 8.5 points profit. So I'm going again. My two for League One this Saturday, they are over 4.5 goals, singles, not doubles here, singles. The first one is Cambridge against Cheltenham. This is a massive mid-table fund, MTF fixture. Uh, the price reflects that. It's 5.5. Uh, clearly, during the regular season, this would be a bit longer, but um, I, I think this is just a huge candidate. This is two teams who came first and second in League Two last season who were predicted to struggle in a hashtag tough competitive division with a lot of quote-unquote big clubs. Uh, and they haven't really struggled. Uh, 14th and 15th respectively, heading into final day, well above the danger zone. And they've loosened up recently as well since the tension uh, was erased from their season. So first pick, Cambridge and Cheltenham, over 4.5 goals at 5.5 for me. The second one is Gillingham against Rotherham at 7.5, bit chunkier. I'm breaking potentially my own golden rule here, which is that 
Over 4.5 goals almost never happens when both teams have something to play for. And clearly they do here. Jill's at the bottom, Rotherham at the top. But I think there's a scenario where this seems feasible. In our favour here is that Gillingham are miles behind Fleetwood on goal difference. They head into final day on the same points with a dotted line between them. Um, Jill's have to go all out for the win here, you have to think. Uh, And that, for me, plays into Rotherham's hands. I think Gillingham um, are going to leave gaps and I think Rotherham can exploit them. Uh, And if they get one, Rotherham, Jill's are are going to go even more all out for the win. Uh, I just think that Ogbené, Smith, Wiles can enjoy themselves. Gillingham could be a bit of a strive then collapse team and and Rotherham can benefit from that. So uh, I think there's a chance it could unravel uh, and Rotherham could rack up the goals. Um, Who knows? 7.5, that's my second pick. So to start with, two over over 4.5 goal picks. Cambridge Cheltenham at 5.5, Gillingham Rotherham at 7.5. What's your next best and then your lay? Preston to go to Barnsley and beat them at 5-4. to four. Um, I just think Barnsley, they're a team that we have to get against now. Uh, I disagree with the decision to sack Poy as Baggy. Uh, I know that that isn't necessarily align, aligning with, with what Barnsley fans think, but I think there was, personally, I think there was enough. Um, in his short time, uh, with a pretty bad hand that he was dealt to suggest that he'd have been a good manager for next season and that he was pretty capable. Um, what's happened since it's, it's just really surprised me. And, you know, I know this is the second time that I'm going to after time on this podcast already, having already mentioned the, the Bristol city price, but the, the fact that Blackpool's price midweek on Tuesday barely moved um, after three players, three pretty key players, um, especially two who joined in January in um, Domingos Kina and Amin Bassi, left the club um, after their loan periods were cut short. And that didn't really affect the price. And in my head, those two players have been the best players by miles for Barnsley over the past six months. They've had their best two players, not just ruled out, but have left the club entirely. Uh, the reasons for that will be because you know Martin Devaney, the new the, the caretaker manager, will be looking to build for next season. No point having players around who aren't going to be there next season, and all of this, which is totally understandable. But they offered absolutely nothing against Blackpool. They were so poor, and I don't really see why they'd fancy this either. Uh, it's a poor side with a manager with, with very little to get excited by. A big downgrade, in, in my opinion. Well, I don't know enough about him, but from what we've seen in in, in midweek, there was no bounce. There was no. Um, return to any kind of form and and a much worse team as well so uh, having been fairly pro Barnsley for the last couple of months um, which hasn't really paid I I think they're now a team to massively get against and and Preston under Ryan Lowe you know they lost 4-1 in midweek against Blackburn but we we kind of know what we're going to get from them Um, they're going to look to attack any opportunity we know Ryan, Ryan Lowe teams do and, and I don't, you know, they should have a, enough quality and enough about them um, to, to see off a Barnsley side who I just don't think are going to fancy this at all. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that the, the market hasn't reacted more to to what's happened at Barnsley over the last couple of weeks. Five to four, Preston. And my lay, probably not a great sign of things when you put up a team as your nap, they get beat, and then you come back the next week and put them up as your lay. But that is what I'm doing here. Didn't like what you saw. Well, it's not necessarily that. I've laid Millwall... Um, at 1.55 and so 1.54 and the reason for that is that um i mean this is still obviously important their their chance of of getting promoted of getting to the playoffs at least was a big blow um a couple of times over the last few days uh, firstly it was the tool draw away 
at um, Birmingham, a game that we both napped them, I think, or I certainly I napped them. We double um, next best them. We double next best them, sorry. Uh, turns into a nap in my book. Uh, and then they had to deal with Blackburn returning to form. Well, firstly, Sheffield, Sheffield United um, beating Cardiff uh, on Saturday wasn't ideal. Then Blackburn returning to form on Tuesday by beating um, Preston 4-1. And then Borough returning to form on Wednesday uh, and beating Cardiff 2-0. It's basically the, the worst pot, except for them equalising against, against um, Birmingham making it two all it was it was the worst possible thing that could have happened for all all the teams they needed to lose one and they failed to win the game they had to win and even though they're still just three points off i think with three teams to have to overtake and a worse goal difference than all of them i'm pretty much saying that it's not going to happen here for Millwall. i think even if they win both of their games they're going to be really reliant on on all three of the teams above them having poor ends to the season and if things don't start particularly well, I think that could filter into their performances. Um, and they're playing against the Peterborough side, who, yes, they are relegated, but I think are playing really well un- under Grant McCann. You know, they they did better at, at stifling Forest than most teams have done recently. They went to Barnsley and beat them 2-0. We've seen them beat Blackburn recently. We've seen them draw with Luton. You know, they are by no means a, a team who are going to roll over. And um, and I think that feels to me to be a kind of palpable energy there where, where players are, are playing for their future and players are playing for their manager and um, I don't think you'll have no issue at all in motivating them to go to Millwall a place I would argue where fans and uh, <laughs> players alike probably revel the most in winding up the home fans and winding up the opposition as well um, because you know, it's a pretty special place and, and, I'm, and I mean that properly you know it's, it's, it's a unique place to Den uh, and um, if things do go south um, on Saturday it, yeah, after what's been an incredible season, um, and I, I think it, we have to say it's only fair to go out to say that you know to get them this close has been an incredible job over the campaign. Um, but I just wonder if things might go awry, and especially if at nil nil or if early on, kind of news filters through about results elsewhere going against them, then their season's going to be over before um, the final whistle here, possibly as well. So, well, the the Friday night game is obviously Blades at QPR, so they might even exactly they might it might already be done, and if and if Blades do lose that. Do they shorten up massively? No. If Blades win that, do they do they do they drift? Absolutely. So um, I think at two on, it's it's a mad. Ma- I, yeah, it's, it's it's very very short to be backing uh, Millwall in this one. Good. Well, you've made that clear and put your money where your mouth is. Um, okay. The the next portion for me are two bets, and they are two uh, teams to cover the minus two handicap. When I was looking at these. Goal crazy games last season, it became clear, unsurprisingly of course, uh, that when a game goes over 4.5 goals, often that is because one team win handsomely. Uh, I think on average, one in two, or just over one in two of, of the games that go over 4.5 goals on final day over the last five years in the EFL have covered the minus two handicap. I'm not just going to use the same uh, ones that I picked in the first segment because there were quite a few other candidates for uh, fun in the sun and that's where I'm focusing here really um I, I'm I've decided to carry on with this because last season again this worked quite well I, I picked four minus two handicap bets um, one of them Blackburn minus two was a winner at, at uh, seven to one the other three were losers um just about crew almost got it up um so I was still up four points from four state so see how we go this time round um I'm going with Bolton minus two at 10 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. They're playing against Fleetwood Town. Uh, and the main reason for this is that Fleetwood Town are a huge strive then collapse candidate, I would, suge- I would suggest. It's not even necessarily strive then collapse. 
they're in the strong position versus Gillingham. And it might be a case of, of if news filters through that Jills are losing to Rotherham, which would mean Fleetwood's safety. Their goal difference is so much better than Jills. This could just become an all-out party for the second half. We, we saw them strive and collapse a little bit in midweek, to be honest. They were 2-1 up against Wednesday, weren't they? But from the moment the second half started, I mean, that. I understand why they, they sat in and just tried to defend their lead, but it was way too long for them to try and do that. They are simply not good enough defensively to do so uh, and obviously conceded two goals in a minute to lose that game 3-2. So um, tired potentially at the end of their tether somewhat. They're still in a good position to survive because of Gillingham's game against Rotherham. I think that Fleetwood might put quite a lot into this for a small period and then it might become too much for them. Now, now Bolton are in that position where... Yeah, you're definitely right to say they're on the beach. They've got nothing to play for. And I'm talking myself into the fact that that they might look at this as sending their fans into the summer excited for next season. It's been a good second half of the campaign. Yes, they didn't achieve an unlikely playoff spot, but I don't think that was ever hugely realistic, even if I may have allowed myself to say that at one point. Um, They've got uh, some, some attacking players in some good form, not... Charles and Affaline, really. I'm talking about Bodvarsson and Bakayoko more than anything, but it just shows the depth that they have. And I think that they could uh, enjoy some space if Fleetwood uh, strive, then collapse. So Bolton at minus two on my pick here at 10 to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. And then Ipswich Charlton is obviously a massive MTF mid table fun game. I'm a little bit put off going for goals here just because. Ipswich haven't scored many under Kieran McKenna, um, but I suppose there's an extent to which I kind of just have to trust the trust the process um, to a degree. So I'm going to back Ipswich to win minus two, uh, an eight to one here against Charlton. And again, this is one where you can just picture it fairly clearly: a, a, a sunny Portman Road, neither team playing for anything here. Ipswich um, putting on a show for their fans just to send them a message ahead of of next season that you know the next campaign. Kieran McKenna and his team having had a whole summer, we are going to be pretty serious and I think probably pretty damn good. Um, again, they haven't exactly been cutting loose recently, but if they're ever going to do it, maybe final day is the one. So I'm going for a comfortable track to boys win, covering the minus two handicap at eight to one. Uh, remember with Betfair, you can get a £2 free bet when you bet £10 worth of Ackers and Bet Builders. Uh, T's and C's do apply for that one. But yeah, bet £10 worth of Ackers and Bet Builders and you'll receive a £2 free bet with Betfair. Last up, George, I want to hear goals and goal scorers from you. Goals, I'm, I'm going even money about over two and a half goals in Bournemouth against Blackburn. I cannot, for the life of me, work out why unders is the favorite here like at all i, I just it, 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 there's never been a game where you've got two teams who need to win more like a draw does absolutely nothing for either um you've got bournemouth going into this knowing that a draw given the form that the forest are in um it's unlikely Forest are, are going to get beaten um playing you know what are forest two on um at home uh who are they playing? They're at home to Swansea uh, and they're two on to win that game. Um, and they know that a win here basically keeps it in their own hands. It means they go into the game on, on Tuesday night next week with at the very least a three point gap between them and Forest. And then you've got Blackburn who won uh, in midweek kind of shackles came off and they, they really kind of threw everything at it and won four one against their local rivals uh, in, in Preston who also know that that has given them a very outside chance of making up the ground on Sheffield United and Borough. But with two teams above them, 
and Sheffield United three points above them. Um, even if Sheffield United win on Friday night, then they are still going to be very much in this if they can get the three points to keep them three points behind, given their goal difference is 11 and Sheffield United is 12. And they've got Middlesbrough to, to usurp as well. So for, for Blackburn, a draw probably means the end of their season. Done. For Bournemouth, a draw probably means that their game on Tuesday night is going to end up being almost a shootout for promotion to the Premier League. It's it's a game where the onus is completely on both teams to attack um, to the extent that a nil-nil, if this game is nil-nil after half an hour, it's going to get very, very nervy for both and they're going to have to, to, to try and do something. And whichever team goes one nil up, the other team has to throw everything at them to try and get back into the game. Otherwise, that their season is going to take a massive dent. I, I just can't work out why. I, I understand sometimes where, where there's a lot at stake and things can get very nervy why you'd have um, unders being, being a, a short price. But in a game where both the, a draw does nothing for either team, you can only see it descending into something of, a, of an end-to-end shootout. And then you look at recent results. Five goals in, in Blackburn's last game. Six goals in, in Bournemouth's last game. Um, they're ending the season both playing in a way where, where they're scoring goals are not defensively sound. So even money about two and over two and a half seems the wrong way around to me. I, I think that unders should be uh, should be odds against. So the last chunk for me is to do with hat-tricks. Was, I meant, to, was I meant to do my goal scorers? Yep. Why don't you do that? S- sorry. I'm oh, so excited. Go on. You led me into it. Uh, go on, boy. I'll make it quick. You know one of them very well. Uh, Michael Obafemi is 9-2 to two to score uh any time for Swansea at Forest. Um, as I mentioned, Forest are two on. I don't think that is a bet by any stretch. I'm also not entirely sure I'd back Swansea despite being unbeaten in nine. But what we're seeing in Swansea over the course of the end of the season is is ridiculous end-to-end stuff. You know, they've drawn four all against Reading. They've drawn three all against, um, against Bournemouth in midweek. With Russell Martin and the way they're currently playing, even if they do get beat, I can be pretty sure that they're going to be playing Obafemi up front, playing off the last man, and they're probably going to create a fair few chances as well, playing the way that they do. So naturally and normally, when you have a team who are 5-1 to one to win a game of football, the goal scorers all drift a fair bit because you know they're likely to lose, they're unlikely to score. In Swansea's case, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I think we can be pretty confident the goals are going to follow them wherever they go. And even if they are a genuine 5-1 to one chance to win this game, which I think they might be, I don't think that necessarily means that Obafemi is a 9-2 chance to score any time. So that's my pick. I'm also going to put up a bonus, a Yatsi bonus selection. Lovely. Because I want to. And this is just two players to score two or more goals. Um, so basically dutching them. So half a point on each. Um, John Guthrie and Fraser Horsfall. They're 100 to 1, the pair. Each are 100 to 1 to score uh, two or more goals. They're playing Exeter at home. Um, you may have seen a video of Giovanni Brown having quite a good time yesterday uh, on social media. I think the whole Exeter squad were having quite a good time yesterday, and understandably so. Their manager, Matt Taylor, said in his interview after promotion that they could enjoy the last two games now. Not No mention at all of... Um, of uh, whether they're going for the, for the title or not. And they come up against a, a cobbler side who have to win this. And I kind of think that if you're Exeter, it's not the nicest place to go anyway. Six fields, they're not a very nice team to play if you don't really fancy it. And from set pieces, if they don't fancy it, there are going to be two people who profit from this. Uh, we've seen Fraser Horsfall score a brace earlier in the campaign as well. They are quite clearly the biggest set piece threats for the big, for the best set team set piece team in the division. So um, if things do unravel and if Exeter really are kind of not really at it, um, I would say that backing two, probably the second and third biggest goal threat for the home side uh, to score a break is 100 to 1 um, feels like a, a pretty good way to play it. I was just trying to work out whether I could think of anything worse to do while 
hungover than defend Mitch Pinnock in swingers with two big brave boys hurling themselves at me. I wouldn't have thought so. No, it's a no. Big, bra- big brave boys. <laughs> That's nice. Um, you weirdo. <laughs> uh, right, okay, uh, to finish me off with League One final day, fun in the sun. Very occasionally, when lots of goals are scored, someone scores a hat-trick at a really juicy price. And like the other two, I'll remind you that last season, um, this happened for me. Uh, I picked four players to score a hat-trick. One of them was Adam Armstrong. He duly did the business at... A, and admittedly quite skinny 22 to 1 um and and i picked three others one of which was mandron at 80 to 1 who scored two in the first 50 minutes or so and had me sweating and then artel whipped him off after an hour on a hat trick uh, me having a small double on the two uh and uh, and then chris porter scored in his place 2 minutes later which was a, a bit of a sickness so i'm going to try and, and and do similar again this time round i've got two hat tricks in league 1 the first one Roscoe Stewart, 50-1 to to score a hat-trick for Sunderland against Morecambe this weekend. Now, in terms of the match itself, realistically, this one has tension for sure for both teams in a sense. Morecambe uh, will only be relegated if Fleetwood and Gillingham both win against Bolton uh, and Rotherham respectively and Morecambe lose. So incredibly unlikely, but not out of the question. They will certainly be striving to start with, I think it's fair to say. Sunderland looking to cement their playoff position, um, that's for sure, and we'll feel confident of doing so. I think basically this one has tension that could vanish very quickly and descend into fun in the sun. Now, the big part of this hat-trick pick for Ross Stewart is that he is level with Will Keane for League One top scorer right now. And look, you and I famously have never played the game professionally. I don't know how strong this is, but I just think if there's a chance that a player is going to have teammates specifically trying to fashion chances for him more so than they ordinarily would. It's Rossi Stewart this Saturday uh, for Sunderland against Morecambe, against the team that have conceded the most goals in League One this season. Don't forget that. I don't hate 50-1 to at all. Ross Stewart hat-trick is on the bet slip, as is... One in Lincoln against Crew. This this one was a big overs contender for me. Uh, it's the last game of a miserable Crew campaign. They've got a lot of a lot of stuff to work out this summer. I think Alex Morris, their caretaker, will be the man in charge next season. So um, even he's not necessarily. I suppose it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's expected. Um, it's not like he's absolutely striving for everything right now. Uh, and they have maybe showed a touch more under Morris. They haven't quite been as as useless as they were in the months preceding it. I still think there's a good chance Lincoln have some fun in the sun to finish the season at Sinsel Bank. And if they do, I want to be on Anthony Scully to score a hat-trick for Lincoln mm. at 75-1. to 1. Now, Scully obviously doesn't play through the middle. He's not their main striker. Marquis is, and Marquis is 25-1. to 1. But Scully leads Lincoln this season for goals per 90, XG per 90. He's got the best goal conversion of any attacker. I, I'm... In my head, he's their best finisher. He's a huge threat off the left-hand side. He's a, a big, big goal-scoring threat. So I'm just hoping for Scully to get a ton of shots in uh, and see what happens at 75-1. to 1. So Stuart Hattrick at 50-1 to 1 for Sunderland. Scully Hattrick at 75-1 to 1 for Linking. I cannot wait to be in at Quest watching all of this. And let's hope for some, well, let's hope for some success. Let's hope for some goals. George, can you recap your bets for me? Yes, my bets are Blackpool at home uh, to Derby as my nap at 17 to 20, Preston to go to Barnsley and win at 5 to 4, next best, laying Millwall at 1.54, uh, home to Posh, uh, over 2.5, Blackburn versus Bournemouth, 
is my goals bet back in my club of Femi to score any time at 9-2 in a whole championship slate for me. But League 2 getting a bit of love with uh, Fraser Horsfall and John Guthrie. Uh, half a point singles bonus on each uh, 100 to 1 to score two or more. All six picks from League One final day. The first two over 4.5 goals singles. Cambridge against Cheltenham at 5.5 and Gillingham against Rotherham at 7.5. This is with the Betfair Sportsbook. I've also backed two teams to cover a minus two handicap. They are Bolton minus two at 10 to 1 and Ipswich minus two. At 8-1, to one, uh, they are playing Fleetwood and Charlton, respectively. And then two hat-tricks to be scored. One by Ross Stewart at 50-1 to one for Sunderland against Morecambe. And one from Anthony Scully at 75-1 to one for Lincoln City. I can't wait for this. Please make sure that you tune in on Friday night around 10.15pm. George and I will talk you through all the permutations and break down some of that insane midweek action that's on Sky Football. We'll be on the sofa with David Pratton. And then on Saturday, I will be alongside Clinton Morrison, Colin Murray at EFL on Quest. From 9pm, we'll be breaking down penultimate day of Championship and League Two and final day of League One. Cannot wait, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much to Betfair for their continued sponsorship of the Not The Top 20 podcast, both on Thursdays and on Mondays. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Bank Holiday Monday with a big old breakdown. Uh, Let's see what happens. Try not to feel too sick if your team are involved in something big this weekend. Uh, We'll talk again on Monday. Go well, everyone.